But yes, today is considered what we call Pentecost Sunday, which really just means penta. When you break that word down, penta it means 50. It, it literally just means 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. So after Easter, it's, it's 50 days. And so today is Pentecost Sunday. Yay, right? But, but there's, there's significance to it because on the 50th day is when the Holy Spirit came. And listen, when I say the Holy Spirit, I know some of us are like, mm, yeah, come on, somebody. And then some of us are like, what? Who? And some of us may even hear that word, the Holy Spirit. We may hear the name, and all of a sudden, you may kind of get a little tense. You may start kind of shaking, and it's like, mm, I'm good. No, no thank you. Why? Because, because often associated with the Holy Spirit are tongues, weird things, crazy things, heebie-jeebies, ooh, right? Here's the, here's the thing. We don't freak out over the Holy Spirit. We just get freaked out over the byproduct. And listen, can I tell you this morning, church, there's nothing to be freaked out about. There's nothing to be weirded out about or anything like that. Why? Because it's not the Holy Spirit that's weird. It's people. People are, yeah, come on, yes. People are weird. Yeah, I don't, okay. <laughs> let's not clap about that next service, okay? Third service, please take note. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Listen, I am so excited to preach this message today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. We're going to get into it in just a moment. But I don't know about you, but man, there's, there's more than just what the Holy Spirit has been given a name for. There, there's more to it than just what we may know or what we may feel or what we may experience. Because listen, your experience is your experience. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of a prayer language at seven years old. That's also when I officially like received salvation, one and the same, two for one, baby, let's go. It was so good. And I woke up, and, and listen, that's my experience. And, and Pastor Chris makes fun of me. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. Good for you, punk. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't help. That was my experience. And I want to talk to you about the experience of the people, the apostles, the disciples in the upper room. Acts chapter 1-8, this is what Jesus said to the disciples as he was about to ascend into heaven. Forty days he's been spending on this earth at this point in time. And he's telling the apostles, hey, listen, I'm about to leave you. Bah, right? He, he's literally about to ascend into heaven. And these are the last words of Jesus. Now, now watch this. A lot of times we focus on a lot of things that Jesus says. Would you agree? We even focus on the, the Jesus wept. Oh, that was so good. Why did he weep? I don't know. Let's talk about it, right? We focus on the many attributes of Jesus. We focus on healings. We focus on all of these different things that happened to Jesus, with Jesus, from Jesus, and all of that is great. But listen, these are the last words of Jesus while he was on this earth, like the last words. I, I don't know about you, but if, if that happens, that's probably pretty important. Would you agree? So this is what he said. You will receive power. Everybody say power with me. Power. Oh, come on. Say it like a Pentecostal. Say power. power. Oh, snap. <laughs> that was sick. All right. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Y'all know what I mean. Not like just like comes to you like, hey, how's it going? My name's the Holy Spirit. Nice to meet you. No, no. Comes on you. You don't own. Okay. All right. 
You get like you know like when you watch a movie and it's like that Avengers Endgame part. Sorry, I'm just geeking out. It's like it's like something rises up inside you, right? Come on, y'all know what I mean. Like you're driving your truck and you put the pedal to the metal. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It comes on you, right? Husbands, when you see your wife come out and it's date night, hey, and she asks you the question. Does this look good? <laughs> something comes on you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like something. <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes on. Did he just compare the Holy Spirit to, yeah, anyway. Uh, and you will be my witnesses. The power comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was talking about geographically this being very important. Because he was saying, hey, listen, it's going to start here, but it's not going to stop here. It's going to start right here in the city. It's going to start in Eunice, but it's not going to stay here. Come on. It's going to go to Basil. It's going to go to Iota. It's going to go to Ville Platte. It's not going to stop here. It's not going to stay here. But no, this is where it starts. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it's going to spread like wildfire. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're not called to be weird. You're called to be my witness. That's what Jesus is saying. I don't know about you, but the question can be asked, is the Holy Spirit in you? Right? We can, we can ask that question today. We can, we can answer that question. Some of you have been seeking. Some of you have been searching. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you may be questioning the process today. Man, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I've received salvation, but... But what else is there? What's next for me? What does this look like, Pastor Weston? Well, I hope to, to help answer that question today. Listen, when I ask that question, you know, is, is the Holy Spirit in you? I don't know about you, but it takes me back. It takes me back to the 90s when a famous basketball player by the name of Michael Jordan, MJ, was doing a commercial. And uh, he was playing basketball. He's hooping, right? He's sweating. And you're like looking at him like, oh, yeah, dude, Michael Jordan's thinking, just yamming on somebody. Like, you know, all this cool stuff. Like, I get excited. I was like, yeah, I can't shoot, but I want to play basketball, you know. And all of a sudden, Michael Jordan, he's just sweating all this. And all of a sudden, the sweat turns orange. You know what I'm talking about. You know where I'm going. Or even red. And he's like dunking a basketball. And all of a sudden, he asked you the question, is it in you? <laughs> Can I tell you, I, I, can't, I can't imagine all the people that began to drink Gatorade after that. Um, I know I sure did. Um, the problem is, Michael, that this doesn't help me jumping. Um, I still can't dunk a basketball, and my sweat wasn't pink, so uh, what the heck? Okay, listen, I know that's funny, but that was, that was the phrase, right? Is it in you? Is it in you? Right? You would drink Gatorade, and what would happen is when you drink it, what's in you all of a sudden comes out of you. Come on, what you're putting in, now you're perspirating, and people notice it. People see it. Come on, you know where I'm going. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Because when I look at you and I see the fruit or I see the lack of fruit, I can tell when the Holy Spirit is in you and when it needs to be. <laughs> Come on. It, is, it, is it in you? Pastor Dylan asked me Thursday, he's like, did you have to get the biggest one? Yes. 
because I'm going to drink it afterwards. Why pink? I don't know. It's pretty, and it's going to taste awesome, but I'm not going to drink it right now. <laughs> Listen, I know we, we get into it. We talk about the Holy Spirit uh, quite often. And listen, Pentecost Sunday is not just one Sunday of one year, and we celebrate that, and it's like, awesome, all right, great, wonderful, and then we move on next Sunday, and, and then we don't talk about the Holy Spirit ever again. No, no, the Holy Spirit is not just for this Sunday, but it's for every Sunday, and it's for every day of your life. It's for the Monday tomorrow. Come on, it's for the Tuesday after that. It's for the Wednesday when you just don't feel like it, the midweek, the Thursday slump, and you're just ready for the weekend. Come on, the Holy Spirit is for every day. It's not just for today. All right, now we're talking about it. No, 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 no. It's going to continue to move forward. He wants you to know him personally. But oftentimes we get hung up, like I mentioned just a moment ago. We get hung up on the byproduct. We get hung up on the, the awkward. We get hung up on the, the weird stuff. You're telling me somebody's going to speak in another language? Or a language that I don't understand. Listen, a heavenly prayer language is, is for the Father. It's a heavenly prayer language for a reason. Come on, it's that prayer that you, that you, don't, you don't know how to pray, that, but that needs to be prayed. Come on, it's that moment in time where the devil can't even understand. He's like, what, is he, what are they saying? I don't know, but I want to know, right? It's that heavenly prayer language that you speak to your father. It's like, I, God, I need you. I don't have the words to speak. I can't humanly put it into to words, but like, I, I just need you. And, and that begins to just come out of you. But, but watch this. A lot of times we get hung up on that. We get hung up on the byproduct, the extra, the the weird and it's not the holy spirit that's weird it's people people make it weird listen can i tell you as a as a faith as a fellowship as a network as new hope church man we believe in the deity of who god is we believe that a creator a human heaven uh, excuse me a heavenly being created the universe that he he literally spoke light into existence there was no light and then there was because he said it to be he created the, the world, the universe, the stars. He created everything. He created plants and trees and water and air. He created everything. We believe in this. We believe that he created, uh, you know, people. Like, we believe that he's, he, when it came to people, that he actually made them and created them. He created animals. Like, he cre we believe all this. When it came to us, he, he formed us and he knew us. He, he knew us and, and he put his fingerprint on us. But when it came to woman, come on, he took that rib. Mm -hmm. I love me some ribs. <laughs> Sup, girl? <laughs> like, it's one of those things that, like, we believe in all of the, we, we believe in the word of God and we read it often and we get inspired. Man, we get jazzed up. Man, we get, oh, that's so good. I'm created in the image of God. We believe this. We talk about it often. And then we believe that God sent his only son. Come on, not as a centurion soldier, not as someone in, in the form of authority, but as a baby. Humble, meek, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Come on, you, you've read it. You've talked about it around Christmas time. The wise men came. The shepherds came. Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. Come on now. Stop singing it. Yes, she knew. That's supposed to be more funny. It's okay. Right. More funny, funny, funny. Anyway, 
Jesus, we believe that Jesus came to this earth on purpose, for a purpose. We believe that Jesus came and performed all of these miracles like we've been watching in the Chosen series. I mean, he didn't just come just to sit, out, sit around and hang out with his buddies and say, all right, man, that was fun. All right, see y'all later. No he, no, he came for a purpose. We believe that he came and changed lives. We believe that he, he transformed hearts. We believe that he raised the dead to life, that he gave the blind to see, that he gave the mute words in their mouth. We believe that he changed lepers. We believe that he healed people. We believe in all of these things. Come on, and we even get excited about it, and we preach about it. Oh, I'm Pentecostal. I'm Assemblies of God. Oh, what church do you go? I go to New Hope. Hey, right? We believe in these things, and we get excited excited about it, and we wear it with a badge of honor we get all excited and then oh he bore our sins and our shame oh don't make me start talking about the the the, the purity in which Jesus took on my sin and my shame man he robed himself in flesh but then he took on my sins and he forgave me oh don't make me start getting all excited about who Jesus is he just didn't heal me come on he saved me he saved me from my past he saved me from my iniquity he saved me from my transgressions and then three days later after he died on the cross he rose baby conquering death hell and the grave come on it was something to be excited about come on we start clapping and we start preaching and we start getting crazy excited we get red bull elated we get bang rang pumped up you know what i'm talking about we get excited we laugh man we can preach that but then when jesus said in acts 1 8 the holy spirit is going to come upon you for you to be my witnesses, I'm going to give you power. And then Acts 2, it actually happens. And all of a sudden, we see in the upper room, disciples start speaking in an unknown language that they've never known before. All of a sudden, we say, I'm out. I'm weird. I can't. I can't. That's weird. I don't want to be weird, Pastor Weston. I don't want to be a part of that cult. I don't want to be a part. Man, we get so excited about what Jesus did. We get so excited about being created in the image of God. But when it comes to something like the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit, in order to be a witness, we say, that's weird. I can't do it. Of all the things that we believe, you're going to get hung up on tongues? Really? You preach about being covered in his blood, but yet you don't want to speak in a heavenly prayer language. I'm out. Blood, I can do. Tongues, nah, I'm out. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Do you hear how ridiculous that is? Do you realize how silly? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Let me, let me show you. This really happened. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. This really happened. You can't just read throughout the whole Bible and then, oh, Acts 2, 4. Nope, I'm just going to jump right over here and just skip that part. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. No, no, no. See, a lot of us, we believe that we're conquerors in Christ, and we believe that the creator of the universe saved us from our sin. We believe all those exciting things, and then we just say, ah, I can't do this. Listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't empower you to be weirded out. He empowers you to be a witness out. That's what it's for. It's to help you. To, to, be, to be comforted in what you're able to do for Jesus. He empowers us to be a witness. But we have to be careful. Because a lot of times, we get in our own way. We kind of puff out our chest. And we say, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and we start operating in our flesh rather than operating from our Father. Let me show you a scene today that really helps this point. Check this out. You Jewish boys are far from home. Yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Shalom to you too. Here's our traditional Jewish greeting for you. Don't lift a finger. That was a warning. Try it again and see what happens. Quiet, Big James. Shalom to you too. You filthy dogs! I said quiet. Let us do something. And what would that achieve? Defending your honor. They reviled and humiliated you. They deserve to have bolts of lightning rain out and incinerate them. Yes, fire from the heavens. Fire? You said we could do things like that. Say the word and it will happen. Why not? We knew we couldn't trust these people. We shouldn't have come here in the first place. They don't deserve you. Why do you think I had you work, Melek's field? What was I trying to teach you? To help? You think it was just to be more helpful? Or to be better farmers? It was to show you that what we're doing here will last for generations. What I told Fotina at the well, and what she then told so many others, it's sowing seeds that will have a lasting impact for lifetimes. Can you not see what's happening here? These people that you hate so much are believing in me without even seeing miracles. It's the message, the truth that we're giving them. And you're going to get in the way of that because a few people from a region you don't like were mean to you. That they're not worthy? What, you're so much better? You're more worthy? Well, let me tell you something. You're not. That's the whole point. It's why I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rabbi. As we gather others, I need you to help show the way. To be humble. We will. You wanted to use the power of God to bring down fire, to burn these people up? Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. <laughs> you too. You're like a storm on the sea. Thunder exploding out of your chests at every turn. <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. James and John, the sons of thunder. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Today, it was not good. But strong passion can be a good thing when channeled for righteousness. I just may have to delay giving you that authority we discussed earlier or in smaller doses until you two calm down a bit. <laughs> you wanted to rain down fire from heaven. Use the power of God. 
Listen, that's funny, but how many of you would agree that that was probably you last week? Pulling to Sean Ponds, you wanted to park next to that horse that no one even knows works. <laughs> Hasn't been sanitized in years. And all of a sudden, you're about to pull it. Oh, there it is. And somebody pulls in your spot. It's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? You started speaking in other languages that wasn't heavenly. I'm filled with the Spirit. Are you? <laughs> listen, I, I know that that's funny, but, but listen, passion exerted in the wrong way can, can really be harmful. In fact, Jesus said that in, in, this, in this little clip. He said, strong passion can be a good thing when, when channeled for righteousness. Pastor Chris said it even this way. Passion misdirected will lead people astray and leave people out. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not in the business of leaving people out. He's available. He's available here, and he's available everywhere. We just have to make the choice whether or not we're going to receive him or not because he's here. It's not about our own passion, but rather operating out of the passion in which he gives. Today, we're honoring our seniors in our next, excuse me, next service, and, and I'm so excited because for 10 years, Kelsey and I have been in ministry, and this is going to be our ninth class that we've, that we've seen graduate. And what's exciting is so many times, man, they, they graduate, and they're so zealous, and they're so passionate. You ask a student, man, what are you doing next? Like, I don't know, but I'm pumped. <laughs> Would you agree? Come on. Come on, adults, right? Several of them do have a, they, they do have a plan. They have something lined up. But you ask a student, man, it's like, I don't know, but I'm excited. I don't have school anymore. <laughs> but I'm going to college this summer, you know, you know, after summer, you know. Like, oh, okay, so you do have you have school, but, but no, I'm, I'm out of high school. I'm out of high school. Yeah, let's go, right? <laughs> Things get a little, little worked up. But what I love about students is that, man, they're so passionate about what, what can be and the next steps for them in their life. But, but oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can get our, in our own way. Listen, zealous, passion, the Holy Spirit never meant to be a justification for our misguided methods. He was meant to help us be a witness for the cause of Christ. Because listen, our own passion, our own merit, our own ability will only get us so far. If you're a young person, just know that and hear me today. Our own passion, our own ability, our own talent, our own anything like that, it will only get us so far. Ask any elder, any, any senior saint in the room, any person with gray hair, I mean wisdom. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm getting them too, okay? Three kids later, help me, okay? Jesus. What I love about this is the Holy Spirit. We're talking about being the fuel for us. What, what fuels you? But number two, don't fill up on the wrong fuels. Don't fill up on the wrong fuels. Come on, we're continuing this series, Kingdom Culture. We're not living in a cancel culture. We're not trying to cancel things. We're not trying to, we're not trying to listen to what everything the social media, F, uh, Facebook says, uh, Instagram says, Snapchat says. Come on, Newsmax, Fox News, oh, MSNBC. Come on, all of the above, ABC, NBC, a, a, anything and everything. We're not, we're not trying to fill up on those things because we know that you'll be a talking, obnoxious person that no one wants to be around because all you're spitting out is just information thanks i got it i can look it up on my own right but all but oftentimes we get we get so inundated with those things 
that we become part of it. We, we begin to live it out. We begin to hurt others around us. And that was never meant to be what God intended for us. Listen, I, I don't own a diesel, but I know this, okay? That you are not to put 87 unleaded in a 6.7 turbo F-250 diesel. It's common sense. It's, it's logic for those ladies. It's logic, okay? Not saying, like, sorry, that was a shot. I shouldn't have said <laughs> My wife's looking at me, did you just really say that? It's like, it's, you guys have done it too. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's the thing. Listen, we, we know this. Everybody in the room knows that you're not supposed to put bad gas in, in a vehicle that, that, that you want to operate at a full capacity, right? Everybody knows that if you want a vehicle to run right, then you put the right fuel in it. Come on. But if you know this, and this is common sense, and we all, every single person, male and female, know the right things to do, but yet we don't do it, James calls that sin. But oftentimes, we fill ourselves with the wrong fuel, and we think we can operate at a high level, and we can't. We want to be a believer, but yet we fill ourselves on the wrong things. We want to be an example for our kids, but yet we're watching things and filling ourselves with things that says otherwise. And we think and we wonder why they're losing it and they're going out of control. And you say, well, Pastor Wesson, I can't, I can't keep up with my kids. I send them to you every Wednesday night for an hour and a half, but I got them the rest of the, you know, the week. And, and, but I don't know why they're not listening to me. I don't know why they're not loving Jesus. I don't know why they're posting stuff on social media, acting like a hoochie. I don't even know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe if we start acting like godly parents that we're supposed to, maybe they may start responding the way God has called them to. Sorry, that escalated quickly. (laughs) We think we can go through this life and live it to the full, but we're filling up on junky gas and wondering why we're falling apart. Jude chapter 1 verse 17 says this, but you must remember, beloved. Notice how he, he lifts you up. He calls you by name. You're chosen. You're not, you're, you're not nothing. No, no, you're something. You're somebody. I've called you by name. You are my beloved. He says, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 18, they said to you in the last time, there will be scoffers. How many of you know we are living in the last days? In the last time, there will be scoffers. There will be people that make fun of you because you go to that church. Because you believe in that thing. Because you believe in signs and wonders and miracles. Oh my. Ooh. There will be scoffers. There will be people where all of a sudden they point you out because you're not the majority anymore. A believer, someone who loves Jesus, someone who speaks in a heavenly prayer language. Excuse me? The power of who? No, the power of God. There will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions because they can't follow anything else. They got to conjure up something on their own. And then the next verse says this, it's these who cause divisions. Sound familiar? Red versus blue, black versus white. Come on, we're living in it. Don't act like, don't don't try to hide your head underneath a rock and act like nothing's going on. 
No, no, we're living in the last days, and they will cause divisions. People that don't operate in the Spirit, in fact, it says devoid of the Spirit, that are spiritless, they will try to push their own agenda, their own narrative. They will try to push it, and when they're not filled with the Spirit, there's got to be something that rises up in us, a remnant of the Holy Spirit that says, no, 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 I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be something different. I'm going to stand out. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to say something. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to live this thing out like God has called me to do and how the Spirit has led me to do. The void of the Spirit. No, no, no. That's not us. That's not us. But you, verse 20, beloved, calling you out again, building yourselves up, not on your own merit, not in your own spirit, but in the holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose we're not just fill we don't want to just be filled with the holy spirit so we can sound cool <laughs> come on the holy spirit doesn't make me better than you it makes me better than me i need to be better i want to be a better husband to my family i want to be a better father and i cannot do it on my own the character and integrity that I want to operate in doesn't happen by accident i have to be intentional and i have to be led by the holy spirit and we cannot try to lead ourselves and call it godly Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to be equipped. Why? Why, do we, why? why should we want to? Why should this be even a desire? Because in John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, comforter. Come on, in the season that we're living in, in the time that we're living in, Come on, I need some help. I need some help. I need some people that will gather around me, that will try to lead me and guide me. Come on, that you have people in your corner today. Come on, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're thinking about giving up, if you're thinking about throwing in the towel, don't. Because there's a helper that wants to know you, that wants to guide you, that wants to pick your head up, that wants to say, no, 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 baby. If you'll just hold on a little bit longer, I will lead you through the storm. I will guide you up the mountain, and we will go the place in which God has intended for you to go. But we can't do it on our own. We have to trust the helper whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all of these things and bring you to remembrance. Bring all the things to remembrance. The things that I have said to you. He's our helper. He's here to help. He's here to guide, teach. Pastor Chris says it like this. He's preached this before. And he says it like this. Why would we ever want to live on 67% of who God is? Because the, the Trinity, the triune of God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we, we baptize people in the name of God. The Holy Spirit is a part of that, that Trinity. And, and here's the thing. So many times we just say, well, I'm good with the Father. I'm good with the Son. And I'm, I'm good, Pastor West. I'm, if, if I could just hang out with them, you know, I'm, I'm good. That Holy Spirit stuff, nah, I'm out. <laughs> Can't do it. That's weird. But listen, why would I ever want to operate on just a portion of who Jesus is when I can operate in the fullness of who he is and the gifts that he wants me to operate in? He wants to gift you with the spiritual gifts. He wants you to operate and empower you so you can be his witness. That's what it's all about. I want to operate in the fullness of who he is. And when we're able to do that, 
as we continue moving forward, as we continue to be seasoned, as he sustains us, oftentimes we can point back and look at what God's done. I want to show you this last video. We're going to close out our service. Check this out. The first time? No, the first time you were there. Humor me. out on Andrew's old sloop. I'd had a bad night. At first, I didn't even know it was him. Remember? I thought he was a Roman about to ruin my life. <laughs> and what happened next? It was at the moment when I thought my career and my reputation were about to be destroyed. <laughs> Philip just said, come and see. And I did. And Look, I, I don't know how to describe it other than... He knew me before he knew me. I was standing next to John the baptizer. What? Creepy John. <laughs> and he walked by, like out of nowhere. And John freaked out. He said, Behold, I'm eating a new bug. Yes. Sometime during the second hour. It doesn't have to be precise. Why wouldn't it need to be precise? Mine will be precise. My answer might not make sense. Try me, mother. I can hardly remember a time when I didn't know him. There's one little kick. Go on. My son, why are you doing all this? Why now? Because we're getting older. And our memories are... I mean, why now? During Shiva. Because everyone is here. I need to get their memories. You need to mourn your brother. He won't be the last of us this happens to. Who knows when I will see the others again, or if. I'm not in a hurry to write a whole book, but I do want to get the eyewitness stories now, while we're together. Isn't Matthew going to write something? He's only writing about what he saw and about what Jesus told him directly. But I was there for things that Matthew doesn't know about. I was in his inmost circle. He loved me. He loved all of you. You just feel the need to talk about it more often. I love this scene. Because it paints this beautiful picture 
of the times when the disciples just sat down and, and just reminisced. They talked about all the things that Jesus had done. They're, they're painting this, this picture in this scene around the timeline where Jesus, I'm assuming, is, is dead. He's in the tomb. He's been crucified. And, and I could imagine their, their sorrow. I could imagine their, their heaviness, their weight. But then I, I noticed something is, as they're all talking, some of them still kind of, they're joyful. They're, they're elated. Almost as if, like, they know this is not final. Like, they're, they're without Jesus, but, like, this is not the end. I love Peter's story because we read in John chapter 18 that, that Peter denies Jesus. Come on, you remember those moments where you could have done better? Come on, we remember those moments where we missed it. We remember those moments where we dropped the ball. We, we remember those moments. Come on, we, we've all had them. We've all gone through them. We've all experienced those seasons, those, those ups and those downs. But, but I love that this scene is, is showing that they're, they're reflecting on the goodness of Jesus. Come on, they're, they're, like the old hymn says, they're counting their blessings. Come on, it's, it's those moments that we've all, we've all had them, we've all seen them, we've all experienced them, those but God moments. Those, those moments where we're like Peter denied Jesus, but yet we had, a, we had a but God moment, this elated moment, this enlightening, this oh my gosh, the light bulb goes off that, that I should be dead, but yet I'm here. Like, I shouldn't be a father, but yet I am. Like, those moments where I should not be where I am but God. Come on, you know those moments. I remember who I was, but then the Holy Spirit showed up. I remember where I was, but then God showed up. I remember my past, my sin, and my shame, but then Jesus forgave me and picked me up out of the miry clay and set me on a firm foundation, the cornerstone of who he is. I remember who I was, but God, but God. We've all had those moments. We all should have the moment where we sit down and we reminisce and we remember the past of what it was, but where God is taking me. And that should excite us. That should excite us. I remember, but God, the list goes on, the list goes on. And Peter sitting here reminiscing right there at the beginning. Oh yeah, I remember. I thought he was a Roman thought he was going to come here to ruin my life. And in John chapter 18, Peter has this moment. They're sitting at the Last Supper, and Jesus tells the disciples, hey, one of you will deny me. And, and Peter's like sticking his foot in his mouth like he always does, chest out. Not me, Lord. I would never deny you. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, shut up. Because before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I would never, I would never deny you. Never. And of course, if you know what happened, if you don't, Peter ends up denying Jesus just like he said he would. The Bible says that he followed him at a distance. 
because he didn't want to be associated. He, he didn't want to be labeled as that crowd because he was trying to create some distance between. Come on, you remember where you were. Some of you may be sitting here in here today and there's some distance. There's some distance. Come on, you're following at a distance, but he's wanting you to create. He's wanting to create in you today to be a follower up close, personal. Like Pastor Blaine was talking about, man, just an intimate knowing. I don't want to, I don't want to follow at a distance. I want to know him personally and intimately. Peter has this moment in John chapter 18. But then if you skip ahead, literally, like this, this is my, my Bible. John, John 18 is, is, is right here. But if you literally turn the page, and this is like four, four, four pages later, in, in Acts 2, verse 4, something happens. Some, something, something weird happens. John 18 to Acts 2. Something weird happens to Peter. Because in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice, addressed men of Judah who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you. Give ear to my words. Let me speak to you. Hear me today. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Don't get it mistaken. Don't miss this. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And then all of a sudden in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, we see Peter preaching to 3,000 people and everybody gets saved, everybody receives salvation, and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is awesome! But wait, I'm confused. What? Don't throw that up there again. John chapter 18 verse, and, and, and Acts chapter 2, man, there, there's a dash right there. Uh, the space and time. In fact, we often see the same dash used between two dates. Come on, you're familiar with the tombstone. Life, the birth, the beginning, and then the end. And, and what I love about this picture that we're trying to paint today is that John chapter 18, Peter was a nobody he, he lost it all. He forgot who he was. But then in Acts chapter 2, he begins to operate in who he was. And can I tell you that Peter's dash moment was none other than the Holy Spirit showing up in the upper room. He was there when all of a sudden the, it came like a rushing wind and set on them like tongues of fire. And they began to speak in other languages in, in a heavenly prayer language. Can I tell you that this was a dash moment for Peter and he began to operate and who he's been called to be. What's your dash moment? Come on, when, when was the time when the Holy Spirit showed up in this one moment and you begin to operate and who he's called you to be? Come on, you sit here today and you say, Pastor Weston, I, I'm still looking, I'm still searching, I'm still seeking. Guess what? He's here today and he's for you. He's for you. And it doesn't have to look weird. We don't have to try to conjure up something on our own, on our own ability, on our own merit. Because guess what? We're not going to make it very far. But when we operate in the fullness of God, we can have a moment in the upper room. We can have a moment right where we are. Come on, we can have a moment in a bathroom. That's happened before. 
with people watching online. It's happened. And if it happened for Peter, then it can happen for me. Number three today as we close. The Holy Spirit, he's the fuel. He's the fuel that's going to sustain you. He's the fuel that's going to sustain you, that's going to keep you into Acts chapter 2. When you have a moment, it, it doesn't just have to stop there. Come on. It doesn't have to just stop in one moment. You can continue with the mileage. But you have to be obedient. You have to listen to his voice. If he's in you, then he should be producing through you. He should be producing out of us and who God's called us to be. The same Holy Spirit that was for Peter is the same Holy Spirit that's here today, and he's for you. Amen. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Maybe you sit here today, and you say, Pastor Weston, I, I, I don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. But I want to. I want to. Maybe you sit here and you've been searching for a long time. You've been seeking, been praying earnestly, vigorously, like a mad person. Maybe some of you, you haven't been because you don't even know what to pray or how to pray. He's here. He's here. If you say, Pastor Weston, I, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of a prayer language, with the evidence of something real, something authentic, something genuine. Come on, if that's you right here, right now, in this moment, I just want you to receive what God has for you. Just open your hands up in your lap like I'm handing you a gift. And He is. He is a gift. He's the gift. Come on, you've been searching, you've been seeking, you've been praying. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would fill your people with your spirit, Lord, believers, Lord, those who have been seeking and searching for you. God, I pray that you would have your way. Lord, I pray that we would repent, let go of our past. Lord, that you would have your way in us. God, that you would breathe your life into us. God, that we would operate in the fullness of who you are, Jesus. Come on, we don't want to just serve a 67% God. God, we want all of you, all that you have to offer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would baptize your people in your Holy Spirit. God, empower them, empower us today to be your witnesses, to be the example, God, that we know that we should be. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be awkward. But, Lord, I pray that you would let it happen. Fill your people right now in the name of Jesus. Maybe you sit here today and maybe you want that, you desire that, but you don't even know Jesus. Jesus is not your Savior, but you want Him to be. Come on, would you just, in the, in the like manner, in the same manner, just open up your hands like you're receiving a gift. You say, I, I want to know Jesus as my Savior, and I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit like you're talking about. I want that. I'm desiring that. Lord, fill your people. Save your people. Come on, New Hope, can we pray this prayer together out loud as a family? 
as to not make anybody feel awkward or, unash- or, or ashamed of what may be happening right now. Come on, let's pray this prayer, to- prayer together out loud. Jesus, I need you. Have your way in my life. Take my life. Make it yours. I repent of my sin and I let go of my past. Have your way in me. Your will be done. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Amen. Amen.